Welcome back to a brand new episode of DC TV Classics, your home for the latest news of your favorite TV shows that are no longer on the air. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Keith Chow, and with me, we got the OG DC TV Classics co-host, Brittany Monet. Welcome back, hey. Brittany. <laughs> Jump the gun. Um, <laughs> hey, I know, it's been like two episodes. It's all good. We were, Me and Nick, we were trying to hold it down last week without, without the girls, but uh, I don't know how well we did. Um, without you well, and Desiree, but uh, at least we got you back for, for the time being. <laughs> yes, my friend Stephanie actually listens, and she knows who Nick is and everything. And she's like, you need to tell Nick and Keith that, like, Lucifer is a great show. And I was like, <laughs> I'll let them know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Lucifer, because um, one of the things that Nick and I talked about last week, or last episode, was Tom Willing... Uh, joining the cast of of the show and you know fortunately in the latest issue of entertainment weekly tom welling had there was like a long form interview with him and he talks about you know joining lucifer but he also spends a lot of time talking about smallville so i thought we could kick off this this there's no real theme to this week's show we're just kind of like running down all of the all of the interesting tidbits that are relevant to dc tv classics so uh, i wanted to start with tom welling uh, giving an interview about Smallville, and I know Brittany, you haven't quite finished. You know, we've we've been we've been doing this podcast for like seven months now, giving you ample time to finish Smallville. You haven't done it yet. It's all good. No one's judging. But um, I don't know if you got a chance to read the interview with Tom and, and if it spoiled anything for you since you haven't finished the the series yet. I did read it, and you know, one of the things that I knew about coming into the show is that he never wears the. Um, the suit until the very last episode. So, but it was very interesting to read um, that they were going to just like start the episode off with him already in the suit and he's saving Lois and, you know, being Superman. And I agree with Tom that like creatively they didn't earn that payoff yet. It wasn't there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense, even though I guess like, you know, probably a lot of people wanted to have seen that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Said there would have been no payoff. They didn't earn it. So I think even though it kind of made me, like, he was still like, I don't want to be in the tights, he was still right, though. Like, there was no, there was no payoff for that to happen. I, I, you know, I haven't finished the show, but I right, mean, right. I would assume, like, there's, like you saying, there's no payoff for that. So, yeah, it wouldn't have made sense for it to, like, just start the episode with him flying around. Yeah, so basically in, in, in the interview, they spend a, a good portion talking about, you know, Tom's, reluctance for lack of a better word on wearing the costume in the in the finale and and one of the reasons he gives is that you know the only reason he was cast on the show or he decided to audition for the show back in 2000 2001 was that it was pitched to him as you know the story of superman before he's superman for the for at least the first four and a half seasons he was it was about teenage clark kent um the only thing that I quite don't quite agree with Tom about in terms of like not earning the right to wear the suit in the last episode was that if you watch and I don't know exactly where you left off in Smallville, but basically seasons seven, more like season eight, eight, nine, and most of ten are basically Superman. Um, he's he's Clark Kent in Metropolis. He's a he's a reporter for the Daily Planet. He's working with Lois. They're falling in love. Uh, he's fighting villains like Metallo and Darkseid and, um, you know, Lex Luthor comes back eventually. Spoiler, uh, Brittany. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so it's basically 
for three seasons, he joins the, he forms a Justice League basically with Green Arrow and and some some of his super friends. He meets the Justice Society. Like for all intents and purposes, the last three seasons of Smallville at least were Superman light, and he's wearing, you know, he wears a black T shirt with the S logo in season nine. And most of season eight and nine, I think, and then most of season ten, he's wearing this like red leather jacket with the Superman logo. I mean, I get what he's saying about like the show was never about me being Superman, but for the finale, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm like I get where like the whole show is just really to be. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess for like fan sake, like oh, he should have maybe they maybe could have made the episode a little bit longer. Right. And maybe you got to see, like, you know, a little bit of him as Superman. But I think they were also saying just, like, the the technology wasn't there for it anyway to even make it look good if, mm. like, they had done it. So I, I kind of just feel like, you know, if they're saying it would have looked bad just in general for that, like, bad for that time, and it's just like, yeah, that's probably, like, that makes sense to not want to even try it. Yeah. I'll give right. him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that, I guess. That like, you know, for the for the finale and again, and one of the things that Brittany mentioned that Tom revealed is that the initial pitch for the finale was that I don't know if it was the very beginning of the episode, but I think uh the episode was a two parter. It was a it was a basically like a two part two hour finale movie in a in a sense. And I think the idea was the first half would have been essentially what we got, but then he would become Superman at the end of the first hour, and then the whole second hour would have been, like, you know, the adventures of Superman and Lois Lane, and where he saves Lois on the plane and stuff. All of that is pushed towards, like, the very end of the episode. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't quite remember what the hell else happened <laughs> in the rest. All I remember is he saves Lois on a plane and he rips his shirt open to reveal the S. So, um, I guess I would have liked a, a few more scenes with that, but, you know. It's been it's been okay. six years. I should let if, it go. <laughs> all right. Well, if it was if it was gonna end that way, then I think yeah, it could have been maybe like the last thirty minutes of. You know, give us a little him. bit. Yeah, you know that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, change, have I changed your mind? That's all I was out for—is changing your mind. Yeah, because I took it as him like saying that it was going to happen, like, way too soon in the episode. Yeah. Of him, like, being Superman, like, okay, well, that makes sense that they're going to, like, do, like, you know, 90% of him being Superman in that episode. Right. Like, well, yeah, that makes sense. There's no payoff there for that. But if it's just, like, the last 30 minutes or so, I think that would have been okay. Yeah, 30 minutes as opposed to 30 seconds, right? Like, because I think the the other idea, too, and I'll move on to the next topic after this mini rant, is that the idea that it's too, it was too soon for him to be Superman kind of, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way, knowing that the show lasted for 10 seasons. <laughs> it's like, you know, if, if yeah. 10 seasons is too soon to be Superman, when the hell are you going to be Superman, Clark? Exactly. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess for, it's still shorter when you're binging it, so... Right, right, well, that's true, that's true. Like, as someone who lived through, like, those ten seasons in real time, before there was even such a thing as binging, because the DVDs didn't come out until, like, you know, a week before the new season started, it made it hard yeah. to binge, you know, that you, you you were following their adventures for ten seasons, thinking, like, 
Oh, okay. You're only going to give me a 30 second reveal at the very end of the very last episode. Eh. Uh, one way they could they could make up for that though, and I've advocated this for a while, and I think you guys talked about this on the live episode of like shows you would resurrect. I would love to mm-hmm. for them to resurrect Smallville, but not in live action because I think it's too difficult, especially with Supergirl on the air, to bring everyone back live action. But I think mm-hmm. it would be awesome to do an animated movie with the cast of Smallville reprising their roles in the voices and doing like a movie set after the season 11 comic books. So like for those of you in the know, uh, after the show went off the air, they actually released a series of comics that depicted what a, what an imaginary season 11 of Smallville would have been like. And it basically follows the adventures of Clark and as Superman and he meets Batman, he meets Wonder Woman. It's, it's more comic book, you know, it's more comicy because it's a comic book, but it's supposed to be, it's like the Buffy season eight comics or the even the Batman 66 comics where it kind of imagines the continuation of the story. What I would love is to kind of either turn those books into a movie like they do or like set a movie after the events of the books and just bring them back to, to, to replay their voices. I think that would be an easier ask on like Tom and Erica if they could just lend their voices, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, recording in a booth isn't as tiring as, you know, actually... <laughs> running around and stuff and not saying that voice actors are lazy but like you know it's just you know it's not going to be as tiring right and you can do that in like you know however many days they block out for you to record your bits like right they can't use they can't use the the excuse of like oh scheduling conflicts and (laughs) i don't want to put on a blue and red yeah jumpsuit or something so yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of voice actors and live action, one one cool thing, and I, I just mentioned Supergirl a second ago. Uh, one cool thing about this new upcoming season of Supergirl is that you know we've mentioned in the past they're bringing Erica Durant back, uh, Smallville alum, to play Kara's mother. Uh, David Harewood, who plays the Martian Manhunter on the show, recently tweeted out a picture of himself and Carl Lumbly, uh, who played who famously voiced the Martian Manhunter in Justice League, and he looks like Carl's wearing uh, Martian, you know, cl- uh, costume, and I think David Harewood's hashtag was like Grandpa Martian or something like that, so clearly Carl Lumbly is playing either an ancestor or a re- relative of John Jones on Supergirl this season, so I think that's pretty cool. What Did you see the photo, and, and what do you think of, like, bringing back not only an iconic, you know, voice actor to play the Martian Manhunter again, but just, like, bringing them on the same show. Like, I think what's cool about Supergirl is they, they're always, like, shouting out the past, the shouting out DCTV classics, as it were. Yeah, I haven't seen the photo, but I think it's really cool, and, like, I just feel like, uh, like you've said before, that there would be no Arrowverse without Smallville. So I think that Supergirl, even though they didn't start off particularly in the Arrowverse, I think that for them to, like, be nodding stuff in the past is great. I think The Flash also kind of did, you know, did it with having, like, Mark Hamill and John Wesley Ship on the show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, Supergirl really takes stride in, like, nodding off to people in the past and they don't care. And they get people back and it's cool. So I'm glad that they're, you know doing that and I would really like to see Michael Rosenbaum show up somewhere even if it's not as Lex Luthor like or even he's just some random like 
one scene, he's just, like, standing there for, like, a reaction or something, and that's it. Like, I would love that. Yeah, I think, yeah, of course, Michael Michael Rosenbaum would be great. And, and you know, sh- with Erica coming back, they're, they're doing the homage to, to Smallville. And, and last season, they I think they had um, Laura Vandevoort, who played Supergirl on Smallville. That's where I'm, like, where I left off with uh, Smallville's uh, Supergirl has showed up. Yeah, what what's really cool about Carl Lumbly though is that like he played he was the voice of Martian Manhunter in Justice League, and if you're like even the fact that they were even shouting out the animated universes is, is and bringing the animated actors to to live action to play to play you know either of course he's not playing John Jones because that's David Harewood but you know he's playing some kind of Martian just the, to hear Carl Lumbly's voice in a as a Martian I think is is one of the things I'm looking forward to. This season is. Are there any other uh, Justice League or other voice actors that you would like to see come play in the live action sandbox on either Supergirl or Arrow or Flash or whatever? Oh, um, her name is escaping me, but she voiced Hawker Girl. I really like about she was the mom also on Wizards of Waverly Place, and she's so great. So I would love to see her like do something and. Right, Arrow. that's uh, her name was Maria Canales Barrera. She played Hawk Girl. Okay, on, yeah. Uh, on I had a feeling her first name was Maria, but I wasn't a thousand percent sure. So, and why not? Why yeah. not bring back uh, Phil Lamar to uh to, to play somebody on 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 uh, on Super? Oh yeah, like of course we could bring them all back. Let's bring them all back. Bring like Michael Michael Rosenbaum counts. He'd be a double whammy since he was Smallville and Justice League. Yes. And Susan, like, I would love even, like, Susan would, like, did something. Susan Eisenberg would be fantastic. In fact, even if we couldn't get Diana on, like, Supergirl or Flash, it would be great if we could get some kind of Themyscira, and maybe you could cast Susan Eisenberg as Hippolyta or something, playing, oh. like, an ambassador coming to Central City or National City. I think that would be great. That would be so cool. Especially since the president is, um, is, the president's Linda Carter, Right, yeah. Supergirl. Yeah, that would be so cool. Let's have let's have Linda Carter and you know Susan Eisenberg share a scene together. That would be amazing. Oh, I would. I feel like so many people would just like. Oh man. I hope they David would... Rappaport is listening. If you're listening to this episode of DC TV Classics, David, make that casting happen. Um, I'm sure if we tweet this out, Susan will definitely retweet it. So. Oh yeah, she would. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, I don't know if you saw me and her. Co- our conversation but it was hilarious and i was laughing so hard oh i had tweeted um like what if chris evans is a team pineapple on pizza and like i used like this really over dramatic gif of this lady like really sad and like walking in the rain (laughs) and she responded with like you know the laughing emoji Mm -hmm. and then i asked her i was no first i was like this is serious susan and then she was like okay okay i'm sorry and then i I had asked her she was team pineapple and she said no and i think i like sent like a gif of like someone offended and then she <laughs> used a gif of i can't remember the actress's name but it's like of this actress like screaming like i'm sorry <laughs> and for what it's no. worth i'm team pineapple so i don't know if that means you're quitting the podcast or no i'm team pineapple oh you are oh, okay that's good <laughs> I don't get yeah. all of the pineapple pizza hate on the internet. What is that all about, anyway? I don't know, but it's funny. Like, <laughs> having just, like, the like you know, the conversations with people, it's really funny. 
Like, I asked um, Dorian, who's one of the hosts for Black Lightning podcast, who's also the creative director of Geeks of Color, I asked him to ask the defenders if they were team pineapple or no pineapple. And all of them but one is team pineapple. Or no, wait, did I say that the wrong way? <laughs> Only one of them is team pineapple, okay. Do you remember which one likes pineapple? Because it better not be who... <laughs> I think it is because if it is, I may have to rethink my opinion on pineapple. It, it is. It is who you think it oh, is. Oh God, so maybe I can't that, eat pineapple on pizza anymore. Uh, of course, so of course he'd like, be. <laughs> like, of course it would be him. I'm so, and Laura keeps reminding me that he is, and it's it's sad. What, what, <laughs> well, I think one of the one of the fierce, and I don't know how we got on this digression about pineapple pizza, but. One of the fiercest defenders of, speaking ironically, defenders of pineapple on pizza from Geeks of Color, I think, is Ashi, who famously got into it with Finn on on Twitter. So I wonder oh. if uh, someone someone needs to let Ashi know because uh... probably knows. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's move off that. I, I did want to segue since we were talking about um, you know you, you messed my segue up, Brittany, because we were talking about cat voice casting. And one of the I'm sorry. <laughs> one of the uh one of the most iconic uh casting directors for voice actors uh in the industry recently announced her retirement. That's Andre Romano. Uh you've probably heard her name pop up several times as we have uh spoken with folks about the animated DC universe because you know, she cast famously Batman the animated series, Superman the animated series, the various incarnations of Justice League, Batman Beyond. Basically Every Batman voice, or every DC animated voice you've heard, you've heard because Andrea Romano cast that person. So she's retiring after a, a, a long, lengthy, and uh, illustrious career. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, who who's your favorite animated DC voice is of all time, and and, and well, especially in the in the era of Andrea Romano because she didn't she didn't cast. DC voices back in you know the seventies and eighties I don't think but um, <laughs> but in the in the DCAU universe that started with Bruce Timm and Paul Dini's Batman the Animated Series is there is there a particular voice that you find most iconic uh, and that we can thank Andrea for? Well, uh, gosh, I feel like my answer is so obvious and it just has to be like Kevin Conroy yeah. and Mark Hamill that for because like I have always said that show is just really everything to me growing up like. That was my favorite, like, ever version of Batman. And I think that's where I got the idea when I was five that, okay, Batman, I'm going to marry him. (laughs) So, so, yeah, um, I just have to say that they're, like, the most iconic for me. I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, Diane Pershing, who voiced Poison Ivy on Batman the Animated Series. Was was Batman the Animated Series your first introduction to Poison Ivy and made you a Poison Ivy stan, or was was that Batman Robin? It, it was um, Batman the Animated Series, okay. and then, like, Uma Thurman, to me, like, you know, as a kid, like, she really glorified it, so <laughs> I I thought it was, I thought she was so epic, too, like, I don't know, I like the way she goes, poison, poison, I <laughs> like her, but, like, when she does that, like, I think it's just, I don't know, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I would, I would kind of, cont- I mean, you can't top. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, right? Like we've we've probably spoken about them ad nauseum on this show, just about you know, and how great they've been. I mean, I, if I had to 
go as like my favorite voice cast, not named Mark Hamill or or Kevin Conroy. I might go with either Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn. I think. Oh yeah. Harley Quinn as is probably the most popular DC character right now, not named Batman. Um, and it's because of you know that character did not exist before Batman the animated series, and Arlene Sorkin's portrayal as Harley Quinn is what made that character right. Like she oh, yeah. was she was just a, like a henchwoman in like one scene that became this like breakout character from the show, and then has now just become one of the most iconic characters in the whole DC lot. So I have to give that credit to Arlene Sorkin's voice performance, um, and the other one I think it would be. Uh, Tara Strong, who eventually took over uh, uh, from Arlene Sorkin oh, yeah. playing Harley Quinn, and but famously played uh, Batgirl in the animated series, and then went on to play Raven in Teen Titans. So I think, in terms of like my favorite voice actors that we can thank Andrew Romano for would be Arlene Sorkin and uh, Tara Strong. Yes, Tara is so like iconic because she's not only just done like you know well known DC characters, she's done. Oh, she's so, everybody. <laughs> you know, she's like bubbles. And I love the videos of her, like, having conversations with the different characters right. she's voiced. <laughs> like, it's so cool to see her change that, like, fast between voices. It's amazing. And she also played, I mean, gender doesn't matter, right? Because she famously played the, the lead of Ben 10. Uh, she was... Was she Timmy Turner, too? Timmy Turner, that's right. She was Timmy Turner. Uh, of course she's, and, and it doesn't even matter like if she's human or not, because she's probably most famous for being Twilight Sparkle on uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. So. Oh, Nick Lang loves My Little Pony. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, my daughter, I've, I've, I've written about this on the Nerds of Color. I've, I've, I wouldn't call myself a brony, necessarily, because I feel yeah. like there's some... Yeah, I don't uh, think Nick Lang's a brony. Yeah. I just think he generally, like, because Nick really, I know he loves animation and stuff, and I just really think he likes that show. Like, if, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, negative connotations, I think, to being a brony, but, uh, mm-hmm. but as someone who admires the show and admires the mythology, like I said, I've written about this on the Nerds of Color, because my daughter... You know, several years ago, she's kind of like she's a little bit aged out. She's she she still watches the show, but I, she doesn't love it as much as I thought she was going to continue to love it. I wrote a whole thing about MLP being her first fandom because um, when yeah. she was four or five, she could recite basically the entire mythology of My Little Pony. <laughs> but but yeah, Tara, Tara Strong's portrayal as as Twilight Sparkle, I think, is just as iconic as every other character she's done. Um, the reason I bring up Harley Quinn is that uh, we talked about this on the show in the past. The newest DC animated movie is Batman and Harley, which kind of sort of takes place in the Bruce Timm universe. I don't think they've confirmed either way, but it definitely looks like it does. All of the art style uh, is very much in the Bruce Timm mold. Kevin Conroy is back as Batman. The actor who voices Robin is back. Uh, Melissa Rauch of The Big Bang Theory is playing Harley. And did you know, Brittany, that they're actually going to be screening this movie in theaters no i didn't so that's exciting yeah the movie will be screened as a fathom event i think it's a one day only and this podcast drops whatever today the day is that you're listening to it if it's not august 14th yet you still have time to get tickets if it's not august 14th if it's past august 14th when you're listening to this uh you're screwed you can't go see it but you can still buy the blu-ray um but if you want to see it on the big screen you should go check it out 
in cinemas on August 14th, one day only. Um, yeah, that's uh, Batman and Harley. Are you excited for Batman and Harley? I think there's been some, uh, some, some of our DC TV classic crew are varied in their opinion about this movie. I mean, I definitely plan on watching it. I just don't know if it'll be in the theaters or if I'll, I don't know, maybe I might rent it on iTunes or something. I'm not sure, but I do plan on watching it. I just don't know when and how. Right, right. Well, like I said, it comes back, it'll it'll be on uh, DVD sooner than later. So it's just more a, a matter of whether or not you want to see it on the big screen. But... I think, you know, any any kind of return back to uh, the Batman animated series universe, whether it's in continuity or not, I think is exciting. Yes, I agree. I really loved, like I've said, I really love Batman the animated series, so I'm excited. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of upcoming things, uh, I think you guys finally recorded your first episode of Black Lightning Podcast. Yeah, we did. Um... Three out of the four hosts were there. Uh, Doyen couldn't make it because he was moving that day. And um, we just wanted to finally, like, put something out there. So we did record the first episode. And we just kind of mainly talk about the trailer, like, who we are for those who don't know us, just in case there's people who don't listen to this who, you know, mm-hmm. will be Black Lightning. We just introduce ourselves. And Andy was on Andy Babak, who's, like, our fearless leader of DC <laughs> Podcast Network. He was on that episode with us, so um, it's just us talking about the show, what we're expecting, um, if we want to see Static Shock or not mm-hmm. on the show, just things like that. You know Static Shock is uh, is going to be a, a core character of Young Justice Season 3. I think Nick and I talked about this a little bit last episode, but I wanted to get your opinion since, uh, since you weren't on the uh, San Diego Comic-Con episode. Are you excited to see... I mean, Virgil was in Young Justice season two, I think. Yeah, he was. So I want, so, so he looks a lot older and bulkier in the in the in the season three promo image. So are you excited to see Static back in the in our lives? Oh yeah, I loved watching. Like I don't remember like the whole entire cartoon, but I really did like watching it. And I went back and watched a few episodes not too long ago. So. It's very exciting, and I think Dorian actually looks like Static Star Shock, and I think that's his favorite like DC character. So there's I definitely think... photos on Twitter of him <laughs> in a Static cosplay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. So <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's probably excited for that. So I know like we have to talk about it on like Black Lightning podcast for him. Like yeah, Static is gonna be awesome and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you give uh, DC TV Classic reminder? Uh, can you give DC TV Classic listeners a reminder of who else is on the BL podcast with you? So obviously it's me, and then um, Constance uh, Gibbs, who is a writer for I think it's New York Daily News. That's right. And she's done some stuff, or she's like an editor at uh, Black Girl Nerds. Um, so it's her, and then uh, Clement Bryant, who runs, who helps runs the Marvel Report. Mm-hmm. And he does social media stuff for some superhero stuff that mm-hmm. I'm not at liberty to speak. <laughs> but I know what it is. We won't blow uh, a secret identity. <laughs> um, and then it's uh, Dorian, who or Dorian Parks from Geeks of Color, and I think he just recently finished an internship with the Stars. Right. So 
That's very cool. And so it's going to be us for talking about Black Lightning. And we don't have a we don't have a date for when that's dropping yet, right? The episode no. Hopefully but, soon. But we recorded it, so it should be within like you know the next couple of weeks. But you can follow us on Twitter at bl underscore podcast. Awesome. Uh, sure. Since you're giving out Twitter follows, how can folks find you on social media, Brittany? At hi Brittany Monet, where you can find me tweeting and about funny stuff about how people like uh, ketchup on their macaroni and cheese. <laughs> That's disgusting. Did you see that? That's so gross. Did you see the Twitter? You know, the, the whole thing about Twitter now is just like finding out what people's food kinks are. I think that's the whole. <laughs> yeah. Well, my coworker at work, she likes that, and then <laughs> I. But I knew Oliver Stark from Into the Badlands liked it, so I tweeted about like how, like her liking it reminded me of Oliver, and I used that gif of um Titus from <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt going what like what white nonsense is this and it. <laughs> spiral this whole conversation and it like the conversation sort of ends with like this one time i guess he live tweeted about how he was chopping jalapenos like naked and he accidentally touched himself and his nether gins and got like jalapeno juice on him and it just went from like he likes macaroni and cheese with like ketchup (laughs) on it to the jalapenos i'm telling you Brittany. Brittany just falls down rabbit hole after rabbit hole on twitter (laughs) With with, with celebrities, right? Like it's just doesn't matter. Yeah, like, talking about pineapples with Susan Eisenberg and jalapenos with Oliver Stark and getting liked by John Boyega. I mean, come on, this is a. Uh, you guys need to follow Brittany Monet on Twitter. Oh yeah, you guys and like me and Lee from. Uh, oh my God, Man in the House Castle. We become good friends, so yeah, my Twitter adventures are kind of crazy. Well, there you go. You got to follow Hi Brittany Monet. Uh, you can follow me. I'm less adventurous on Twitter. I don't talk about my food kinks at all, but uh, maybe I should <laughs> to, to get to get retweeted and 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 fall into into all of these uh, uh, Twitter threads. But you can find me at the Real Chow, the underscore Real underscore Chow. Um, you can also follow the Nerds of Color at the Nerds of Color. Uh, subscribe to the Nerds of Color podcast at Hard Knock Life on uh, iTunes and. Uh, SoundCloud, there forthcoming news about new podcasts from the Nerds of Color uh, is is coming soon, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, that's 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 me. You can also continue following our podcast here at DCTV Classics. Uh, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and visit DCTVPodcast.com to find out more about us and all of the dozens and dozens of new dc podcasts that are that are going to be forthcoming because there's just so much dc on tv right now uh so yeah so thanks for thanks for tuning in for our little kind of a rundown on all the latest news and just kind of like listening in to me and Brittany catching up since it's been a while it has Uh, but i'm glad i was able to come back yes until next time same pod time same pod channel (laughs) 